Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Well, hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. It's back. Really, Riley, we're hanging out uh, for you guys that are new around here because there's been so many of you guys that have been asking, where do we find the podcast? Uh, I appreciate you for checking me out and for my OGs, I love you for sticking around this little corner of the world that I call really Riley, where I talk about all of the things that are raw and funny and freaky and things that make you laugh and make you cry. And as per usual, I always try to keep it very, very real um, on these here airwaves. Um, Thank you guys so much for messaging me the stuff that you did about me being pretty stressed out that we are losing our nanny of two years, the... Uh, the OG, like first person that ever cared for Malin. She was here when I was giving birth to Malin. She's a part of our family and we love her. No ill will. She's got all of her great reasons for leaving. It's just, you know, it's sad. It's an end of an era. And it's also, you know, pretty stressful to figure something else out because here I am with these budding businesses with the podcast and the candles and I want to do more events and stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, like we also, I talked about, uh, on Monday about, you know, not ever being prepared really to be the stay-at-home mom role because, you know, I have all the respect in the world for the OG stay-at-home moms. But I wanted to thank you guys for not coming for me in the comments or coming for me in the in in, in the DMs because your girl can't take it right now. Um, But I wanted to give you guys a little bit more of the tidbits of the stuff I'm finding around the interwebs because you seem to really like it when I do that. Like I did the um news story about the clips, the claw clips, and everyone was like, girl, I am taking out my claw clip and not driving in the car with it. A lot of people said like, oh, I saw that, you know, article and just kind of skimmed over it. But then when I heard it on your podcast, I was like, oh, whoop, we're going to take this out before it impales the back of our head. So yay, I'm glad you guys like these. I think I'm going to call them like my III moments. Like, because most of the time when I read these news stories, I'm like, ay like what the hell is happening in the world? So for the first one, um, a DC woman, she's searching for her missing wedding dress that was stolen out of her car. Like what the hell? It was like Sunday morning at 4 a.m. I mean, and I could sit here and be like, what the hell is your wedding dress doing sitting in your car at 4 a.m.? But I have ADHD and I, I tend to like go shopping and leave bags in there for weeks. You know, like if I don't, if it's like like a vessel for my candle business or if it's just like something for the kids they don't need immediately. Yeah, it stays in the car. Like my wedding dress, I don't know that I would do that just because... I mean, well, honestly, though, when I got my wedding dress, it was over the pandemic and then I got pregnant. So that wedding dress stayed in the shop in D.C., in Georgetown for like two years. And I remember them calling me being like, um, can you pick up your dress? I'm like, well, I'm moving right now and I don't have anywhere clean or nice or like where it won't get damaged. So can you keep it? And they were like, well, you know, they're they're looting downtown. They're breaking windows. Not that that's funny at all, but it was like in, during that really scary time in DC and it was just like, well, can you please hold it for me? Cause I didn't, I mean, yeah. So I guess I could get how this lady would just leave it in her car, like no shade there, but she says that she didn't give anybody permission or nobody else has the key to her car. There wasn't any damage to the car. How'd they get in then? <laughs> but they're saying, I mean, I'm a skilled person, I guess, but they're saying if anybody has information on this incident, please contact DC police. And this dress though, this like, this doesn't look cheap at all. Like it's it's a mermaid type dress, like very fit and very flare, sweetheart. Like you know, got a halter around the top. It's got like the swag sleeves, kind of like my dress. It's just like those little cup sleeves around the sides. But it's all lace. Like this looks pressy, you know, because wedding dresses can be upwards of 
I don't know, $10,000. Like mine wasn't anywhere near that, but it wasn't, it was far away from that, but it wasn't cheap either. So I want to guess this one's probably at least mm, four or $5,000, depending on where she got it. Maybe three to five, whatever. It, it looks pricey because all that lace and that applique, good God. So yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the hell? People are selling wedding dresses now? I know that the economy is crazy, but I even um, posted on my Instagram story the other day, this story about people robbing a Sephora or an Ulta in Frederick over here. And Frederick's like, at least it was, like really, really safe, smallisher town and that I loved the safety about it. You know, and now it's been a couple of incidents like that around here that I'm like, oh God, you know, I thought we moved out here to get away from that. But um, yeah, so they, they they had like a little mini heist in the Ulta, I guess. Like they they ran in there and were trying to like seal stuff. Um, and then they pepper sprayed like 10 people. So a couple of people had to like get treatment for it. And people were like on the comments, what do you, what's, so, what's so important to seal at Ulta? I'm like, um... You know, when you got some of these cosmetics that could be upwards of like $70 a pop or even perfumes that could be like $200 a pop. Yeah, you could you could sell some of that stuff and make a good bit of money. Crazy times. Hence the AII name. Like AII. What the hell? Um, another AII story was this one for about Gwyneth Paltrow. So she went viral for talking about her daily wellness routine. And everybody on TikTok is calling her the mother mother of all almond moms. So if you're not familiar with the term almond mom, I actually really love this because I remember this clip. This one was one that was uh, coined after the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills show with uh, Yolanda Hadid. And when Gigi Hadid was before she was like, you know, famous and had a baby with Zayn Malik and she was just getting into her modeling uh, career. Gigi called her mom and said she was really hungry to the point of feeling weak. And her mom told her, eat a couple of almonds and chew them really well. Like maybe a sandwich. I don't know. And I get it. The whole modeling world is different and very cutthroat. So I'm not trying to be a bitch about that. But she sat down with this, Gwyneth Paltrow sat down with this Dr. Will Cole, host of the podcast Art of Being Well. And she answered the question, what does your wellness routine look look like right now? Her answer to the question was, uploaded to the podcast network on TikTok account or their TikTok account, which is Dear Media, and it gained 1.4 million views and over 8,600 comments. It's 40 seconds. Um, But she talked about her routine and said she begins the day with intermittent fasting, nothing that spikes her blood sugar, so no coffee. Um, Then around noon, noon? You don't eat, oh God. She has soup or bone broth for lunch. And then after that, it's off for an hour of movement. Then she does dry brushing, which I really wanted to get into that. That's like you have like this really coarse or hard bristle brush and you like circular motions to get your blood circulation going. It's supposed to be really good for you. Um, but then she does her infrared sauna after that. What's like, wait a minute, you haven't eaten anything yet. And you're in a sauna? Oh, yeah, yay. Because so far, all I'm seeing is bone broth. And yeah, so then she ends the day with an early paleo dinner, which consists of a lot of vegetables. Um, I don't do paleo, but I haven't heard any like meat in there. Um, and apparently I'm not the only person because, you know, a bunch of people were coming for her being like, uh, are you okay there? Like, what are you, or is this starving wellness? One user said, and then another person said what I just said, it, she didn't list a single food item other than soup and vegetables, which if you're a vegetarian, okay, fine. But don't you have to get some 
other protein in there besides like, I mean, bone broth. And then another person said, if you only eat healthy, what are you detoxing from? Because she said detoxing was like her biggest priority, but you're, yeah, you're not putting anything in there to tox from. And according to Howard University, a healthy meal is one that consists of 50% fruits, 50% vegetables, 25% whole grains, and 25% protein. Like, look, you guys know that fitness is life for me. I am all about being healthy and working out. I don't drink, but I will eat a damn donut. Matter of fact, I just had a strawberry sprinkled one from Duncan, my favorite. You know, like I will eat because I'm hungry and, you know, my workouts make me hungry. And I don't ever like to shade or shame other people's wellness routines, as you will say, but that doesn't seem like it promotes wellness to me. That would make me pass out. So, yeah, I don't know about all that there, Gwyneth. Um, the other IAI story in today's podcast is I handed out, this is the title or the, the headline, I handed out dating resumes and went viral on TikTok. I'm like, what? You know, and bear with me on this one because I think this is actually genius. Because back in the day, when you thought of like a dating app or website, you thought that was crazy, right? I mean, this is back, back in the day, but it's just like people would think, okay, I have to go to a bar. I have to hook up at a club to meet your boyfriend. I met ugh, the amount of boyfriends I met. Ew. And it's sad that I called them boyfriends, like at a club where everybody's screaming and you're drunk and the floor is sticky and like you're sweaty and gross. Like, no, I've never done a one night stand ever. I kind of wish I had. Don't tell my husband that. No, I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, like everybody thinks like everybody's had one and I've never had one. So I have like FOMO about it. Not that I'm going to go do it. Um, <laughs> I'm going on a tangent. Anyway, she, her name is Emily Zagoda and um, she's known as Crazy on Emily on TikTok. She's been hunting for love and apparently she started after she was like really sick of going on dating apps, she said that she'd been on and off of the apps and she didn't like how it made her feel. It was like a fake profile, which is so damn true. Like you're creating this image of yourself. So damn true. Like it's, I mean, just be told my husband and I met on Instagram or like, you know, he commented on one of my workout videos and I stalked his photos and then I hit him up in the DMs. But neither one of us knew each other from anything. We just saw what was on our feed or our profile. And that's the same thing it feels like with dating apps, or at least it was for me. Like, as a matter of fact, I almost didn't go on my first date with my husband because I was so jaded meeting people off of dating apps. Like, not all of it was bad, but like the one that I met before him, it was like we dated for, I don't know. It was always like I would date people for like one to three months or something. And I'd get kind of excited when she'd hit like two, three month mark. And then they like would show who they really are and had like a sixth head or something like that. You know, like, not that kind of head. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but she, this lady, Emily, said that she decided she was going to do something a little different. And she's 27 years old and she's been handing out dating resumes. But she hands them out at Costco, Home Depot, and the Apple Store, which is kind of genius. Because if you think about it, what man doesn't like Costco? I know my husband, before he switched over to Sam's Club, that was his favorite place in the world, Avi Home Depot and the Apple Store. So it's like... What she hands out is similar to an online dating profile, but the cards include their physical cards, not like a QR code, which would actually be cool, kind of cool. Um, it's got her name, her photo, her contact information, and a bunch of fun prompts about her hobbies or interests. So essentially what you would put on a dating app, but right there, live in the flesh, no Photoshop, no filter on the picture, just her. And she even puts stuff like her special skills, like one of them is singing every line to Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. I don't know what the hell that song is, but now I got to look it up. 
So the first TikTok of her handing out a card at Costco was uploaded in August of 2022, and it got more than 600,000 views. Second one got more than 2.4 million views. But here's what's crazy is that she's actually got callbacks from dudes. I mean, she says it hasn't led to her actually getting a date yet. But she said a couple of dudes had called her cracking up saying like, oh my God, I love this. This is a great idea. Like this is kind of a genius. She should do like handmade personalized cards. Like a shit, call me. I'll do it on my cricket. <laughs> I mean, she though says that it's not all fun and games. She says she's very ready to find her husband, to find love is her main goal. You know what? More power to you, boo. You know, what is it? The invention is the mother of creation or creation is the mother of invention. Get get you some with 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 your little <laughs> dating cards. I like it. I, I'm not mad at it, honestly. I think that's I just think that's very brave because I I don't know. Like I don't know how like people feel about like the women being so bold like that or whatever, but like I didn't hand my husband a dating card, but like he put a comment on my Instagram and then I hit him up in the DMs. It was me that did it. And I was just like, All right, well you cute. I like that photo of you in the gym. Hi. And I reached out like, so maybe this is her way of doing it in person. You know, you cut the crap. I'm so glad I'm not dating or will ever date again. Like, I don't want to be that person. It's like, I'm married now. Everything is perfect because, you know, we all know that's bullshit. But I'm I, dating sucked for me because I so, so many times would like date to marry. And that's terrible. Like, I, but I admit it. Like, I it didn't. It, <laughs> you'll do. I had you'll do syndrome. That's so bad. But if you asked any of my best friends from back in the day, it was literally like, you'll do. I was so wanting to have that fairy tale moment. It didn't matter who came along. Hence my ex-fiance, twice removed. Um, but yeah, I mean, get do you, babe. Go ahead, Emily. I, I, I wish you lots of love. And I'm not even being sarcastic when I say that. So it's Wednesday and I have another Ask Riley for you. If you guys didn't hear it last week or if you hadn't listened to me on the regular radio, this is a bit that I came up with that was like, I have done everything, quote, wrong in life, but I don't really think there's any wrong ways to do life. I think there's some that are harder and I have taken every hard road that you possibly can. And I don't know if that's fate, the universe, or just me being an idiot, but I have a lot of experiences that I like to give advice on and it seems like you guys like to ask it. So I like to answer it with Ask Riley. So this latest one comes from Marie. I love this chick so much. Um, she said, hey, Riley, I have vented to you a few times, but I thought this might help some other people who might be in a similar situation. I'm someone who loves my friends fiercely. Yes, she does. And would hate to ever hurt them to the point where I put, hurt them to the point where I put them ahead of myself a lot of times. Oh, okay. She doesn't want to hurt them, but she puts them a lot of ahead of her a lot, which yes, she's that person. But, um, in a good way, I mean, but sometimes to a fault, she said, well, I have a friend that is negative about everything. And while I've tried to help with many of the issues she's dealt with as a best friend, as much as I can, I'm getting to the point where I feel like anytime I'm with her, I have to walk on eggshells waiting for a bombshell of drama to drop and that I will have to deal with. Oh, yeah. So that sounds bad, but trust me, there's been a lot of this that has happened in the last few years and I definitely kind of started to distance myself, especially because of her boyfriend who I really don't like and it's around and he's around a lot and honestly, I don't have any interest in being around him. I feel bad to distance myself and there have been several times where my friend will post things that make me feel guiltier because I'm trying to put my mental health first this year and my friendship with this person honestly mentally is draining and stressful. 
A lot of my other friends remind me that I should always do what's best for me and that they feel like she doesn't bring as much to the friendship as I do. And that's not fair for me. Oh my God. Amen. She said, I've been told that it seems like she's taking advantage of me and she knows how far I will go to take care of my friends. Ew. Sorry, this is so long, but I was hoping to get some advice on how to handle this. I feel like I'm a horrible friend, but I also feel like I need to focus on myself. Um, yes, 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 yes. I, I, there's so many things about this situation that I don't love. So first of all, I'll just touch on the ones, I'll just touch on all of it and at random. So first of all, the boyfriend is the one that pops into my head right now. Um, you're never going to win with a boyfriend thing. I always say that the one who makes you choose is the one that you shouldn't choose. Now I'm not saying that this friend is asking that or you're asking that of her. I'm just saying I've been always very careful to do that. Because even if I know this person is boo-boo as hell for you, uh-uh, I won't speak up until you ask me. And even if you ask me, I mean, depending on what kind of friend it is, and this friend doesn't seem like she takes direction and or criticism and or anything very well, I tend to, I tend to, you know, stay a little lukewarm with that. I'm not going to be coming in hot saying like, oh my God, this man is not you, da ba 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 Because you're not going to win. And they're going to figure it out either way. So I think like, in terms of the boyfriend stuff, like being a friend and listening to her within reason is the only way you can go with that. But I do hear you when you say like, she's negative about everything. And the reason I know so much about this is because I used to be that person. I remember I had one of my really good friends at the time tell me like, she went off on me one day because I used to always call her when I'd be leaving the radio station at like one o'clock in the morning and I'd be bitching about this and bitching about this boy. He didn't text me. He didn't comment on my page. Blah, 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 blah. And one day she just went off and she was like, Riley, like, just call me and tell me something good. Call me and tell me something good just once. Please, I beg of you. Ask me how my day went. Ask me if I can be there for you or you can be there for me. Like, and I remember being so mad about it, but then like, I still think about it to this day. And that was forever ago, like 20 years ago, long time. Um, but it's like, you, I always believe that like the things you think about, you bring about. And if you're always around a person that's thinking about negative shit and you're trying to wade them through that negative shit, like you can throw somebody a life raft, but they don't have to put it on. And you can't be the one getting in the water when you don't even know how to swim right now because your mental health isn't all there trying to put it on them. And then what are they going to do? They're going to be that person that like steps on you to get to the surface while you drown, ma'am, you know? And I know that sounds harsh, but Nothing annoys me more than when you try so hard to be positive to somebody and all they can do is kick back the negative in your face. All they can do is say, but this is negative and this is why I'm negative. Like, okay, fine, and be negative, Nancy. Have fun because you can only do so much. And thank God for some of my friends in life that for years, like they loved me through it, but I've honestly made the most progress when people didn't enable me to be that shitty. Or be that negative, you know, because I know that a lot of people have their reasons. I'm not saying that you don't have your reasons. I'm saying, but if you have zero hope, you can't expect somebody else to build that hope for you or suck the life out of their hope because misery needs company. Been there and done that too. So no judgment. I'm just saying if we all got to try to be better. I mean, and I do believe like when somebody is sucking the shit out of your mental health, you just can't. It's like, I want to get off the merry-go-round because the definition, I said this, I think just the last podcast, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. 
And this garbage of her like posting stuff on like social so that you'll see it. This is, uh, I can't stand this. When people will like post things that they know are subliminally made at you. And I know what y'all are about to say. I mean, that couple of them candles was not subliminal. It was me saying what I can't say otherwise. So, mm-hmm. But like when somebody who's your friend, and I ain't friends with them people, like post something to get you, or supposed to be your friend, post something to get you to see it. And, but then you'll confront them about it. And it's like, oh no, what do you mean? I didn't do that. That wasn't to you. Stop it. You're so sensitive. Stop being such dramatic. Like, ugh. No. Like, I mean, fine. If you're going to be savage and post it, if they come to you and ask you about it, be like, yeah, I posted that shit. You know, feeling guilty much? I mean, I'm not saying that this, that Marie is wrong here. I'm just saying, or that she's in any way, like, warranting those kind of bullshit posts. But, but dude, like, you want to be about it, be about it. Like, don't put it on a stupid Instagram post. Come bring it to me if you feel like you're so right in it. Because, you know, maybe there could be certain points that you are, but I don't like this either that she knows how far I'll go to take care of my friends. Because having been that person that was so negative for so long, when I finally was able to flip the switch, I kind of flipped it too far. Like I always say that I am the person that once you get into my heart, like you're attached to them heartstrings forever, ever. It's like, even if I can't stand you, it's impossible for me to just completely let it go, or at least for a long, long, long time. Like, I I think I want to go to, like, an emotional cutting, like, not like that, sorry, like, emotional ties cutting ceremony. That sounded bad, I'm sorry. Like, you know, just, like, a ceremony to, like, cut all the, like, the evil dust off of me, or, like, you know, when I did a sound bath ceremony around this time last year, like, you can look at that podcast, like, 20 down. It was so enlightening. And this is what I mean by when you have all that negative energy, even if it's another person constantly bouncing onto you, it's sort of like saying, I'm going to eat a bunch of sugar and I'm not going to get plaque on my teeth. And then when that plaque on my teeth stays around because I'm keeping this negative person around and I'm hearing and ingesting all of their negative sugar, that I'm not going to get cavities and my teeth aren't going to rot. That's what it feels like. I've preached to you guys this a million times about the book, The Secret. That's how I started manifesting by Rhonda Byrne. Get it, download it, read it, listen to it, live it if you are so inclined. But it talks about people that are always sick or people that always have problems that all they can do is continuously talk about their problems or continuously talk about their sickness. It like leads to more sickness, sickness of the mind, sickness of the attitude, sickness of the body maybe. But it also is eroding your friendship. And your mental health and just annoying. No? It's like I feel guilty for having been that friend back in the day. And I think about some of the shit I used to cry about. And it's just like, come on. And nine times out of ten for me with friendships, if they are true friendships and we've had any kind of confrontation and or fight, we end up better for it. And I'm not trying to say everything's going to be hunky and dory like that. Like if she's pissed at you for cutting her off or distancing, if she's a real friend, she'll ask you why. And then therein you have to be receptive to give her the reason. Guys got to be respectful if you want to keep it moving forward as a friendship. But like I had a girlfriend of mine that we talked 
every day, sometimes two, three times a day. She was in my wedding. I've known her for 15 years. And we didn't talk for two of those 15. And I don't even, like, the fight that we got into was fucking bad. Like, and I don't even remember what kickstarted it, honestly. But we went in, we both said really nasty ass things to each other, like the things that you don't say, the things that you don't come back to in terms of a friendship. And it was actually like her husband that reached out to me on Facebook a couple years later because he said he missed us being friends because we were that close. And she was open to talking, like he was like the liaison. She was open to talking. I was open to talking. We'd gone through it. And like, we didn't even really rehash the argument. I think that's why I don't really remember it. We just kind of came to a sense of like, okay, like you fucked up. I fucked up, but I still love you. Like, let's figure this out. Let's fix it. And here we are, you know, she stood by me by my wedding and, and I love her to death and always will. And I think because of that confrontation, if you will, we'll always be friends because I know that we can you know, go through the worst of it and still come to a place of respect. So with her, I'm not saying you go confront her, but maybe you not you could tell her these things. But if you feel like she's not going to be receptive to it, you are damn right to distance yourself and think of you in your head because you're not doing her any wrong. You know, like I said, if she is a true friend, she can ask you. I just think that there's nothing wrong with saving your mental space. At all. At all. What is that saying from back in the day? It was a poem that my ex-boyfriend's mother gave me when I couldn't let go of his ass. It was something about like, if you let something go and it returns to you, then it's yours forever. But if you let it go and it doesn't come back, you got to let it go. Something like that. So I also wanted to talk to you guys today about something that was like kind of an out-of-body experience for me. Um, I have... I had my workouts um, with, I've been in sport and health, which is now One Life for like six years now, and I go religiously. I have never, ever, 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 ever once failed on a workout. Not even when I was nine months pregnant, four days away from giving birth to my second son, not when I was throwing up in the bathroom prior to my workout, not when I, nothing, you know, when my dog passed away when I had a miscarriage I mean you know obviously health wise like the only time I've sat out was what after I gave birth to Malin when I had to doctor's orders and I probably would have gone back like an idiot before that but I'm glad I didn't because that's not healthy but today I went in there and it's like usually I can just muscle through it usually like once I get through the warm-up I'm good to go like even if I have to like reduce the weights or whatever but today like we even reduced them and I just couldn't do it like my mind just wasn't there And it's weird. It's so weird how the avalanche of bullshit hits you when you're a strong person because you're so used to just muscling through it and gritting your teeth through it. And then all of a sudden it smacks you in the face on a day or something random or crazy or sad happens. It's not as big a deal as some of the other things that you've gone through, but it all just comes to a head out of nowhere. Like the pipe just bursts. And for me, the pipe burst when I can't get through a workout, like when I can't muscle through it. And it was just, there was no, no, there was like, I just, I kind of couldn't. And it was like simple exercises and I just could only get through like two or three movements. And I kept like pausing and I started to cry. 
I don't cry through my workouts. Okay. Like I don't do that. And I'm not saying there's any shame in it. Like I'll do maybe like I've teared up at the ones that like by myself, but I don't cry like with my trainer because it's just like, that's his time too. And it's like, he's not my therapist, even though he's the, you know, an amazing human and has been there through a lot of things with me. Um, but I don't cry in my workouts. Like you ever seen that movie, A League of Their Own? With Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, there's no crying in baseball. Well, there's no crying in lifting. And I'm kidding. Cry if you fucking want to cry. Just get through the reps. <laughs> when I was crying and not getting through the reps. So I was doing like cleans, cleans and squats, which is like a movement where you have to like swoop up. I'm really bad with the technical terms. You like swoop up the bell from the ground up to your chest and then do a simultaneous squat movement. And I think we had like, I had a 26 pound kettlebell in each hand. I'm not bragging, but for me, that's not like hardest weight I've ever done. So for me not to be able to do that in a succession of like eight to 10 reps was like, what the hell? I didn't, I did that when I was pregnant, you know? And I was like, what's going on? And after a couple of tries of not being able to do it, I just put it down. I started tearing up. Like I, I just couldn't control it anymore. And there was a couple of the other trainers that have known me for a really long time, like kind of looking on, like, cause they're always the ones that cheer me on. You'll hear them in a lot of the videos throughout the years. Like, come on, Riley. Yeah, Riley. You know, it's that kind of family. That's the reason I've stayed there for so long. Like I drive 45 minutes down to that sucker because I love that place because it's my home because it's gotten me through so many hard things. It was the reason I got sober for the most part. Like it was the place where I was able to flourish in that. I was able to get through everything, including losing my job, including losing my dog, including miscarriages because of that place. So for me, not to be able to get through a workout like that was a big old kick in the taco. I was just like, okay, now my life officially feels like it's gone to shit. And for some, they might not understand that. But for me, that was like the metaphor of it all. And my trainer just literally looked at me and he was just like, Riley, you know, what's going on? And I was like, it's just too much. It's just too much. Like I can handle all of the things that have happened in the last four months, losing my job, my dog dying, you know, losing our nanny, which essentially is like family and our lifeline and a lot more things in there that I didn't even add to this list that have been soul sucking. But I've never quit a workout before. And he was just like, you're not going to quit today. And I was just like, well, I'll see you Thursday. And I kind of wasn't like, he said, no, Riley, you can do this. You've got this. He had to use my phrase on me. He's like, you're not going to quit today. He's like, take a walk, take a breath, get a tissue. And I did. And I remember just breathing, taking myself out of the situation for a second. Side note, I'm not a great breather. I was great giving birth because I was literally visualizing like a deadlift sequence. <laughs> like core tight, lats engaged, shoulders back, head, da, 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 here's your gaze, lift it up, squeeze the butt at the top, put it down, slow and control. You know, like I was going through those motions, but on a daily, like I'm not great with controlling my breath. I'm not great with like the mindfulness of it. And I couldn't like, that's what was getting me is that I couldn't catch my breath or couldn't slow my heart rate after I would do a rep or like, you know, it was just, my mind was taking over everything like me and working out. Like a lot of times it's a mind game for me where my mind controls my strength that I'm way stronger than I give myself credit for, but then my mind takes over and makes me doubt. And then of course you can't do it. 
You know, it's like I can only equate it to like that super mom effect sometimes that when your mind and your body are intact, like you can literally lift a car. Like if there was a car on top of your baby and you have the like super mom vibe or like superpowers come in, you'd be able to lift that car. It's kind of feel like that's how I feel like my mind is when I'm in the middle of a workout and I feel like I can't do another rep and then I'm like, fuck it, five more pounds. And then I do like five. It's like that. I don't know that today's workout was that, but I remember after I was done breathing and hyping my own self up quietly in my mind for a minute, I went and I picked up the weights and I did another four reps because I needed a total of eight and I had stopped at four and I did it really smoothly. And then I felt like I was going to die afterwards and I didn't want to do it again. And I love my trainer so much because he just kind of sat there and like, he's not like a pusher. I'm not, I don't like to be yelled at. Like, I don't like it when people you know, get up in my face. I'm not like the boot cramp, like type of trainee. Like I don't respond to that, but I do respond to you're not quitting because I, I can't quit. Like I just don't know how to, it's not in my DNA. I don't know how to, especially not from that. The thing that like saved me from all things, because for some reason, like in my head, metaphorically, I was like, if I walk away from this workout, this will be the first time that I have ever quit like that. On myself, that's what it felt like I was quitting on myself. Like I was like, oh, well, fuck it. I might as well go, you know, have a glass of wine after I leave here. And I haven't drank a drop of alcohol in almost five and a half years. So I struggled like, an, like an, I don't even know what the word is for it. I look like a sweating, crying, like idiot. I don't really think I look like an idiot to anybody else because everybody in there is supportive and we've all had our moments. We've all had our days. And I think especially that people that work out on a regular basis, that's why the trainers were there kind of like silently rallying around because they could all tell there was something was up because they know that the gym is usually my favorite place. And even of all the times that I have been hurting in there because I've been pushing myself really hard, it was never like that where I was crying because I couldn't do it. And it felt good to finish it because... I'll tell you this too, like Gene didn't like baby me through the rest of it either. You know, he upped the weights a couple of times and I felt very proud to have that type of support system around me. And I came home and even though I felt bad about having cried in the damn gym, I felt good about having done it because I always say that, that you... You always regret the workout that you didn't do, but you never regret any of the ones that you actually dragged your ass there to do. I usually say it prettier than that, but you know what I mean. And like clockwork, and I've always said this about all my 20 years in radio, and I will still say it now, like any time, any day, any moment, any situation that I want to give up and give in, it's like unicorn dust comes down into my DMs and one or many of you, and today it was many of you, give me a swift kick in the ass and DM me that like, I got to stop being so hard on myself. Been working on it for 41 years, but today I like just, like I appreciate you so much because a couple of you guys listened to the podcast where it was me and my husband Marshall talking and I was like telling, letting him tell his side of the story. And, you know, I don't always listen back to the podcasts because most radio people or podcast people like hate the sound of their own voice. Um, I do listen to them sometimes to say what, like see what I would change differently, but I don't like to like, oh my God, what I said was so good there, or whatever. I don't like to critique myself too much in that way. 
But the general feel of the podcast was me kind of saying like, oh my God, I'm just the crazy one. And I'm the one that you've had to put up with all this shit from. And, you know, somebody said like, he loves you because you're you and you deserve every ounce of that love and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. And usually I'd be like, well, that's just me. But remember what I said before in the Ask Riley that was like, what you think about, you bring about. And when you have all this negative vibe, talk, feeling, aura, whatever the word you want to use around you, it's going to sit there with your soul. And I think so many times that I've doubted myself in this process from losing my dream job that was everything to me and was part of my identity and, you know, everything, financially, whatever. That was all festering there. And I think it came out in those tears today. So we're hoping that when I go back in there on Thursday, we'll have a different type of, you know, saturation happening and that'll be sweat coming out of my pores instead of tears coming out of my eyes. But I will truly say to you guys that with or without being mushy, this is a little mushy. Like you guys saved me so many freaking times. I can't even count it. And, you know, going back to that Ask Riley when I'm talking about all these people that are in my corner and support, like that's what support should look like. I'm not saying that people have to bend over backwards for you, but if they're nothing but negative, then no. It's like what I said in Monday's podcast when I was talking about Charmin. And side note, <laughs> I love how so many of you are trying to DM me to A, ask who Charmin is, like trying to figure out on my friends on Instagram, and B, saying like, hey, can I, somebody said today, can I borrow your Charmin quote air quotes like I need a Charmin in my life and I'm like can I borrow some of your Charmin like it sounds like you're asking for my toilet paper but if everybody had a Charmin like if you guys didn't hear the last podcast please go back and listen to it but um I was talking about my friend that I was having a really hard time you know finding out that our nanny was going to be you know moving on and I just had a rough day I had a horrible day and she stopped texting for a minute and randomly just like showed up and just gave me the best hug. She gives the best hugs ever. And that's why I started calling her Charmin. Because she's like that little bear at the toilet paper uh, commercial. That just heen, squeeze and like the best like fuzzy feeling ever. Another tangent that I'm going off on. But I think you should have a Charmin. Your, your people and your friends should be Charmins. And not these energy suckers. And, and also for you to motivate yourself. Try not to suck your own energy. If you know what I mean. It's okay to feel what you're going to feel. And I'm not the best at that either. I suck at it. I'm always really hard on myself. Like, you, Yeah, y'all were right. You picked that shit up in that podcast when I wasn't even trying to deliver it. Um, but I guess that's my two cents on all that. I hope some of it made sense. I, I even gave myself a little therapy with this whole Ask Riley thing, you know? I've got shamans in my life. I don't need to be so negative and I don't have to do it all alone. And I think... Oh my God, here we go with the epiphanies. Like I have felt very alone because I've been in the space that my husband can't help me with. You know, yes, there's therapy, which is amazing, but it's just like sometimes you just have to sit in these places and wade your own self through it. But because I get in that space, I don't often let shamans <laughs> into my life. It's difficult for me to do that. But again, with my advice, with the Ask Riley, I need to stop being my own negative Nancy. I need to be more accepting of Charmin's and that good things are happening to me and for me. I 
am my own worst critic and I need to quit it. Maybe I need to update my vision board. I need to like put something on there about like belief. No, I have tons of stuff on there about belief in myself and believing the things that I'm going to have. But I think the thing that I need to tweak a tad is just because they're happening for me doesn't mean that I'm happy on the journey, if that makes sense. So I need to be happier on the journey because that's, that's what it's all about. Or something like that. So also on Monday, I told you guys that I was going to uh, air an interview on the podcast that I wasn't sure I was wanting to or ready to air. And I've decided I'm going to. Because since then, you guys have asked me a few things on the podcast that I did about the Ask Riley Toxic Family Edition. Because this kind of falls into it. Um, when my mom came here a few months ago, before I even relaunched the podcast, I sat down with her to talk about a lot of things about our relationship journey. And when I originally did a podcast about cutting off toxic family, when I gave birth to my son, Malin, or right after, about a year and a half, eight months ago, so almost two years ago, I was mainly talking about her. And I never said that to any of you, um, but we sat down and damn, did we get real really Riley on this one and I contemplated not putting it out there because like sometimes when you have these cycles with family friends that are toxic to you sometimes it ebbs and flows so some of the stuff that was there is, is still very true like we still have a lot of forward motion but some of the things even you know because this was just like a month ago even since then, we've kind of like backtracked a little bit, but we've also made incredible strides. So I'm really proud of my mother and I's work. We're not anywhere near what I'd like us to be, but I just need faith and forward motion with that. Like I just need mutual respect. And I think the reason I want to air this podcast with the caveat that it's not all skittles and rainbows, eh, I think it'll help a little bit. I think that it might shed some light on what's possible and also what's not normal to deal with in terms of family dynamics or toxicity in terms of relationships, period. So I hope you guys are very ready for Friday's episode because it might be, it might be a lot. You're going to learn a lot about me. Shit. There's some things in there I don't really know that I want you to hear, but I'm not Ever one that likes to edit down the podcast or water it down to make it prettier? I like to be, if you look in the description, very real, very raw, and most of the time, well, sometimes funny. So here we freaking go, friends. So if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, stuff you want to talk to me about, stuff you want to hear or don't hear more or less of, please, I love it when you guys give me criticism which sounds weird. No, I love it when you guys give me the feedback because I always say I want this podcast to be just as much yours as it is mine because I've missed the hell out of you guys after not being on the air for a little while. Um, at Riley Couture, R-I-L-E-Y-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. That's Instagram and Facebook. TikTok is Riley Couture 7. Snapchat is at Radio Recon, but I don't really use it that much. Uh, TikTok is Riley Couture 5. I've started to use that one a little bit more now because a lot of you guys communicate there. Um, at really Riley, no, really Riley podcast at gmail.com is the email. The text line is 410 604 8895. Any of those I'm available and around. 
And I'm excited to hear what you guys think about the Ask Riley. I want you guys to send me some more Ask Rileys. And I'm semi-excited for you guys to hear this interview with my mom on Friday. But excited or not, it is happening. And as per usual, you guys, I really, really, really thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I would love it if you would give me all of the reviews because... I want to drive this thing to the moon. I want to take it as far as I possibly can go. And I want to still be able to continue talking to you guys and make this my proudest project venture creation ever. And I can't do it without you. So wherever you listen to podcasts, please download it, like it. Um, I'm probably going to be having a subscription service coming up soon that's got some more fun features, a chance for you guys to get some merch, um, a chance for you guys to get uh, video versions of the podcast with a little bit of like bonus features in those videos. Um, All kinds of goodies that I have cooked up for you. I know that you guys that answered the survey said that you were down for that. So that's coming in motion, but maybe tell me again if you'd still be wanting to do that. In any of those ways that I just um, <laughs> gave you means to get a hold of me and or chew me out and or build me up. Who knows? But um, yeah, so I will talk to you guys on Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's really Riley.